Welcome to Mirepoix Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Schubach. I'm a writer, theater maker, and food enthusiast, and I'm taking you on a journey through food, family, and culture via the lens of food practice and tradition. Our guest today is Whitney McGoffin. Up first, a word from our sponsors. This is Mirepoix. Hi, Whitney. How are you? I'm great, Joe. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. Um, our first question is, who the heck are you? Um, I'm Whitney McGoffin. I reside in the region of Waterloo in Ontario, Canada. I am a healthcare worker, an avid podcast enthusiast, um, and I got married during the pandemic, so I'm a recent wife and I inherited two children and uh, I also have my own. So ooh, it's been busy. That's yeah. It's a big year. Mm-hmm. Um, what do yeah, you usually, sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> what do you usually say is your favorite food? Uh, definitely pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I did, my first job was, was working for Domino's. Oh. Um, but I still love pizza. Like it's like the one, you know, niche restaurant you can work at that doesn't destroy the food forever. Yeah. (laughs) I feel that way about coffee. I worked as a barista for a long time and you think that like spilling milk and coffee on yourself every day for five years would ruin it, but it didn't. (laughs) Yeah, no, I believe it. My my sister got, went through university um, Mm -hmm. as a barista Mm -hmm. and uh, she's still, an avid coffee drinker to this day. So. <laughs> I also, I suppose that's the uh, benefit of, you know, um, substances that you can build. Uh, exactly. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Speaking of beverages, what's your favorite food and beverage pairing? Um, I have a couple. Good. Uh, there's white wine and ketchup chips. Oh yeah. Yeah, like super dry, cold white wine. Um, Red wine and chocolate M and M's, like peanut, definitely peanut, um, or cerveza with chips and guac and salsa. A dream. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's just that I think just both of them want make you want more of the other. So yes, I think that's the ideal way to describe a pairing. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For better, for worse, right? Because an hour yes. later, you're like, wait, how many margaritas have I had with my chips or, or whatever? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why they give it away free at the restaurant. Like, okay. Hello. That's, yeah. that's the truth. That's, yeah. Like, um, I feel like this has stopped and certainly will stop if with our current predicament, but I feel like bar nuts were a big deal for a long time. You know? Oh similar- yeah. Yeah. That's definitely remember the, those old times, like just walking in peanut shells and I can't, it's like, I think that would feel really nostalgic right now. Like I might throw some down on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother era, right? Yeah. I, I wonder if there's places that still even do that. The, the peanuts on the floor. I don't know. Cause it yeah. probably can't be great for somebody with a peanut sensitivity. Right. Well, that's the other thing. I didn't even think of that, but it's, it's, uh, it's just even thinking it's almost like thinking about smoking in bars. Yes. Like, you got because peanuts the whole allergy is has accelerated so much that right wow yeah, it would affect somebody right yeah exactly yeah but i like the nostalgia <laughs> even right. if it's impractical yeah. in 2021 <laughs> i might i might open a beer and dance on some some uh, peanut shells for sure you've got to you've got yeah. to <laughs> um what about what's your favorite hot breakfast Oh, I'd see breakfast in general is, um, I think, the greatest thing in the world. Um, but eggs Benedict. Oh, yeah. With my own hollandaise sauce. Yeah. And you make it? Yes. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Like hollandaise is one of those things where I cannot go out and order because I'm yeah. going to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, I don't uh, toot my own horn that often. But yeah, my hollandaise. Do you do the double boiler? I do the double double boiler and I do um, hand whisking 
when I'm not injured as oh, I yeah. have been for a month. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I was walking the dog and mm -hmm. stupidly had my fingers caught up in her leash and oh, she no. generally doesn't bolt. Yeah. But there's a pair of dogs that are, you know, like how chain link fences and barking dogs are like synonymous with, with each other. Yes. almost. <laughs> yes. So there's this gorgeous house and they have like the biggest longest street facing backyard and yeah. so it takes us a good three solid minutes to to pass by it uh -huh. um and they're always barking at her and so she just happened to bolt that day i ended up she, she tore a whole bunch of ligaments in my hand oh but my what i kind of like about it is she just like went up to the fence and sniffed them and then just peed on their lawn <laughs> and then jauntily carried on so yeah well i'm sorry about that recovery and i'm sorry it's impeding your holidays whisking it well, it is impeding but it's it's been it's kind of been nice because it's been a forced vacation from work so yeah a i can't i can't yeah i can't uh when you get i don't take um vacations at all so forced yeah. ones are you know appreciated <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. There's been a lot of that sort of uh, required slowdown, required um, contemplation and rest recently, which is a privilege and also I, I don't take it for granted. Exactly, especially working you know, in, in healthcare yeah. every day of the pandemic and like I work in a long-term care facility. Yeah. So uh, after you know, 15 months of that, it's been nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. My goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a little escapism for you. What's your favorite theme park or county fair or street festival food? Um, so I think you might get to learn a lot about the Waterloo region in this podcast uh -huh. because it is the uh, biggest Oktoberfest outside of Munich. Wow. It is. It's serious business. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, they do the tapping of the keg on the Friday uh -huh. and like Justin Trudeau did it the first, his first year in office. Yeah. Uh, and then it is a solid, uh, 14 days, no, not 14, like nine days uh -huh. of beer festivals. And yeah. so the, the iconic Oktoberfest sausage, which is like a great bratwurst and, um, like sauerkraut and bacon must different like all sorts of mustard um yeah. it's it's a the whole city turns into a party like there's um a lot of we, we actually uh, used to be called berlin uh -huh. huge german population um a long time ago and so we have all of these uh clubs german clubs throughout wow. the city so it's a big hub in downtown but then there's these satellite sites of everywhere and it's it's insane but i've never gone oh really <laughs> that's, the, that's the weird part about it but uh i haven't gone to the but i've been you know I, uh, the daytime festivals and stuff but uh -huh. because um it always coincides with thanksgiving oh so uh -huh. we'll have the thanksgiving day parade mm -hmm. which i was born during <laughs> oh wow <laughs> well it like it not well it passed by but it passed by the hospital when uh -huh. I was brand new um so but what's great about the parade is they'll you, you have all of the good treats of the Oktoberfest so there's people walking around with sausages pretzels like all sorts of fun fare um and I it, it's funny growing up I'm sure you can relate to like your in your own experience some way but you just assume that that happens everywhere right you know? yeah <laughs> like, yes mm -hmm. That's so I was really very cool. surprised to learn that 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 wasn't what happened everywhere in October. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I grew up in a my first 15 years were in Massachusetts. And um, <clears throat> many of those years, we lived in a small town in Massachusetts called Harwich. And there was a cranberry harvest festival every year because awesome. cranberries is one of, you know, <clears throat> the largest exports from the Cape, uh, Cape Cod. And uh I thought it was very normal. And then I found out this was not, you know, a national or international event. This exactly. was best yeah. in that town, you know? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. Like I didn't even like, 
we have oddly enough like close to me there's a like a peach growing region mm-hmm. and i i didn't realize that like that was rare for canada to have yeah. you know but yeah so it's it's always it's so funny how insulated you are girl like especially with me i've, I've lived here my whole life i'm gonna be 40 in october and i've yeah. never lived anywhere else yeah yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, it can be so specific. Like uh, in Chicago, there's a very large Polish American population and punchkis are a big deal, which is like the Polish donut that Mm. you often eat on Fat Tuesday. And when I was in California, I was like, Fat Tuesday was rolling up and I was like, oh, I should see if I can like find a punchki. Like I knew it wasn't going to be like everywhere. Like it is in Chicago. It was nowhere. Yeah. Like not even, like I think I figured out that like a 30 minute drive away was a Polish bakery, but like on the other side of Sacramento. And I was like, I'm not doing that today. You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little much, yeah. But it's wild when we just, yeah, we uncover what was our norm, but isn't a, a broader norm, which is really- Exactly, well, yeah, just um, even for example, like in Canada and the US, we have so many of the same chain restaurants, but they huh? serve different food. So yeah. I don't know if this has changed, but I remember, going to uh, Taco Bell in Virginia and asking for French fries. And they like, were like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we don't. And, uh, <clears throat> or excuse me. We just got them like at Taco Bell like three or two years ago, maybe. They finally. Oh, okay. We have always, there's always been French fries on the menu at Taco Bell. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, funny you say that too, because one of my favorite things is going to McDonald's in other countries. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, like compared well, to menus. Right. Well, one of my um, one of the, the people I listened to uh on po- a podcast called Love It or Leave It, John Lovett, he mm-hmm. is um, a big aficionado of breakfast sandwiches, like drive-through type breakfast sandwiches, and he was going on about how he asks for the egg McMuffin to be made with regular bacon instead of Canadian bacon. And, yeah. but in Canada, we just have all of those, the sausage McMuffin, yeah. there's the sausage McMuffin with egg, there's the bacon and egg McMuffin, there's the bacon, you know, so yeah. I didn't realize that, I don't know, I guess we like breakfast more, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, and actually, not that this is a podcast just about fast food, but it could be, um, but I'm very passionate about my, my breakfast fast food. Uh, McDonald's has made it actually a little bit easier to do that stuff recently. I also, I'm not a meat eater, so I like when I can easily customize things. And now they have those like McDonald's digital panels. Yes, yes. So streamlined, like you can sub almost anything, which I find to be particularly helpful with the breakfast. I do, I love doing that because I hate ordering things, uh, you know, off that are, and and make too many substitutions. Exactly. my daughter is so picky uh-huh. um, and that I just sort of love just being able to have the interface right there and just boop, boop, yeah. boop, boop, boop. <laughs> that's the dream. It is. Yeah. Automation. It, you know, I don't want it to go too crazy, but that's the kind right. of, I appreciate. Yeah. Like I want to preserve people's jobs, but yeah. I also don't want to ruin people's day by asking exactly. many things. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's real. Um, yeah, no, I recently, uh, there's a, a new um, noodle restaurant that's opening up in Waterloo that um, you just, you kind of, you build it. So yeah. you, what kind of broth do you want? What kind of noodles do you want? Because <laughs> I am egg, sorry, not egg. I'm rice intolerant and oh, I'm allergic wow. to seafood. Yeah. And so I hate, I, I tend like not to go to uh, a lot of restaurants just because I don't want to be a pain in the ass <laughs> but it's helped me with cooking so much because oh, um yeah. you know i i still i love the flavor profiles and so i get to you know that way learn more about ingredients learn more about technique yeah through a rice intolerance which is a great idea <laughs> yeah when you start cutting things out it does it changes the way you think about flavor profiles construction and everything in between right exactly yeah mm-hmm. Um, what's a food you eat to feel comforted? Definitely soup, um, uh-huh. but very specifically, um, I okay, I want to make it, and I it's <laughs> it has to have um, chicken, like uh-huh. the the rotisserie chicken from the grocery store. 
that's huh? already cooked. Yeah. Um, and then garlic, ginger, onion, chilies, mm. um, lots of cracked black peppercorns and bok choy. Oh, yeah. And soy sauce and Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, because that's just, it just has that comforting flavor bomb in your mouth when you oh. have any soup like that. That sounds incredible. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Do is you just get the, really hungry making this podcast all the time? You no, know, usually, yes. I, I will say we, they bought pizza for us today at work. So today I happen to be quite full, but usually, <laughs> uh, if nothing else, I start like building my grocery list while exactly. I'm- Oh yeah, perfect, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is sort of a cousin question to the previous one. What's the food you eat when you're feeling under the weather? Uh, Chef Boyardee. Oh. Uh, the ravioli. Uh-huh. It was, oddly enough, when I was a kid, um, around seven, for a couple of years, I just had these, like, I was sick with, like, a stomach virus uh-huh. constantly. Uh-huh. And inexplic- yeah, inexplicably, the only thing I could keep down was Chef Boyardee and cream soda. Whoa. Which sounds disgusting right the cream soda like i'm over but uh, yeah. i'll never you know just it was the it being the only thing that could bring me like any sort of uh food happiness was chef yeah. so do you and so do you buy it now and eat it i now? do you- yeah i had some yesterday like it's just That's amazing it, yeah I, I uh i it's it's funny how we can never really give up on those like nostalgic little yeah. treats from our childhood regardless of how if it's like cheese whiz or bologna or you know yep yeah that stuff is sort of deep inside of us right yeah that's right do you know what a fluffer nutter is that's uh yeah that's uh, well it's isn't it the it's i know it's cream marshmallow mm-hmm. and then peanut it, butter. and okay yeah yeah and it's a sandwich and uh, that's something my mom used to make us when we were homesick and it has nothing to do with the healing process, right? Right. But like, it, it's such a comfort when I'm like, when I'm feeling under the weather, I'm like, oh, I do want that actually. Yeah, exactly. But you, and you, on the would, inside, but. <laughs> part of it, like, is if, if somebody else makes it for you now too, you know, like. Yes. Yeah. That's huge. Mm-hmm. All right, the big question or the longest one. Uh, the namesake of the show, which is a classic base to many recipes, is mirepoix. This three-ingredient holy trinity takes many forms all over the globe and manifests in different ways. What's your mirepoix? What ingredients do you use on the regular to start a cooking process? Inevitably, uh, garlic, onions, and fat. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not like doing something that involves toasting spices, then I'll do that first and then I'll put in <laughs> the garlic, onions, and fat. But um, I would put garlic, onions, and fat in dessert if I could. Like I just, yeah, it's, yeah. And generally it's um, multiple types of onions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can't get enough. No, I, it's, I probably have a problem with garlic and onion. <laughs> <laughs> It's gone out of control. I've I've just um, gotten into the green onion. Um, really, the onion base. Yeah, I used. I mean, yeah. all kinds of regular onions, regular onions and shallots. Yeah. for years, and then I finally realized like how simple and easy the green onion is, and how mm-hmm. it can serve as your onion in the cooking and a garnish, like when mm-hmm. you split it. And well, yeah, so it reminds me of like one of those like a like like a candy stick that has two different flavors on it or something because yeah. it's so yeah. it's so diverse and yes. um it's so good raw like both yeah. parts are good raw like I um if I make guacamole it's essentially like avocado holding together onions like yes. <laughs> so uh it, they work you know almost like a like a noodle to like yes. get as much avocado in them as, as you possibly can yeah, that's totally right. And you're right. It's a smart onion to keep around because of its versatility, right? Like yeah. it's a salad topper. It's an avo- It's a guacamole ingredient. It's a soup starter. It actually works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Very wise, Whitney. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. But um, um, yeah. Yeah. And then do you, do you build from there? Like, are you a 
do you ever use ginger? Do you ever use other sort of? Yes, it, it, it's, that's where this sort of takes off from. So, yeah. um, you know, ginger, peppers, um, you know, I, I love, I'm very particular about the order things go in, especially if you're making soup, um, because you want the, the texture to be, you know, if I, like I'll put my like red peppers like in the last like two minutes. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't want to mush a red pepper. But I also, the other trick I do um, is I do different uh, textures of like onions. So I'll cut like some super fine. I'll oh, leave some yeah. super long. I'll, um, and I might add it at a different time um, just to, you know, I guess what the word would be is just to sort of satisfy my own obsession with tasting things the way yeah. I want to taste them. <laughs> yes. And that's huge, right? Because particularly with onions, you, there's a flavor building that has to happen, but then sometimes yeah. aesthetically you want pieces of onion in it, right? right. Like whatever. But, and the way they, they, the onions are so, they're so different as you cook them. Like they, they go on such a personal journey, like, yes. you know, caramelized onions, like yes. to raw onions. And yes. sometimes you want to have just every single one of those experiences <laughs> in the same meal. Yeah. You're hundred yeah. percent right. Yes, exactly. All right. What's in your fridge? What are the items that you can always find in your kitchen or pantry? Okay. So in my fridge, there's always, you know, the regular like milk, um, and eggs, but then there's generally a different, like a plant-based milk as well. Um, there's always falafels because mm. Andy eats falafels like candy. They're, oh. yeah, he eats them almost every day if he could, I think. Um, and then tons of condiments. Mm mayonnaise is always is the one condiment that will always be in my fridge because i'm obsessed with mayonnaise good and then um as for out of the fridge there's all i've probably like 10 types of vinegar uh -huh. you have you know like because you need the red wine you need the, the white wine vinegar you need balsamic you need um apple cider you need right um rice vinegar yeah which is something i can have because it's broken down oh so interesting much and fermented oh. so yeah um and then, of course, soy sauce, Worcestershire sauce, sake, mirin, um, like a ton of sesame seeds, dried, uh, dried chickpeas, canned chickpeas, <laughs> tomatoes, um, a lot of like every spice. And uh, generally, there's always like naan and roti and uh -huh. tortillas. Yeah, flatbread. Yeah. What can't you do with it? Like one of the. <laughs> you tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. One of the, like my favorite thing that Andy makes is that he takes a naan and puts it in a pie pan oh. with olive oil and then builds like a sweet pizza on it. Oh. But the, so it's almost, you have that like olive oil crispiness oh. added into the naan and then, um, you know, he what did, i think he did sun-dried sun tomato tamponade on it the last time oh. um and like you know toppings galore but it's 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 a perfect medium for um quick pizza that's <laughs> a really good idea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm interested <laughs> yes for sure um all right into our sort of um nostalgia section if you will uh or at least backward looking section you are nine years old. Who's in your kitchen? Who is doing the cooking and what are they making? It would be mom. Mm -hmm. um, and she, mom is a really good cook at roast beef mm -hmm. and uh, like roast chicken, just very traditional um, family style dinners. Like she'll, she'll get you like the moistest turkey, um, that you've ever had kind of thing but not she wasn't very adventurous oh wow. um so it when i was young i was obsessed with watching cooking shows and writing out the the recipe <laughs> which sounds so ridiculous no, uh, for kids to do these days but 
I would take the recipe to my mother and she would uh, make sure that uh, everything was purchased. And then I got, so I got to cook it and she would be like my sous chef. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. She was, and she was the champ. She was obviously the one I would miss, you know, miraculously get tired after cooking and she'd have to clean up after. <laughs> That's my dream is to do the yeah. cooking and not do the cleaning. <laughs> That's that, you know what it's about that. I can't, I can't do dishes right now because of the, right. I have my fingers taped together. Um, but that's pretty much how it's been going. Like for the past six weeks is I just, Andy does every dish in the house and I just cook. So I, I try to um, use less this <laughs> to, yeah. to be nice, but it's a, uh, um, yeah, he's, he's a great dishwasher. That's beautiful. That's love. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have we have a very small kitchen. Oddly enough, this building has um, a recording studio, a wood shop, um, a piano repair space. We have eight pianos. Whoa. Um, it's an old barn. Uh huh. But when Andy configured it, he wasn't thinking that we were going to live here well I didn't exist at that time right, so he made right. a very tiny kitchen yeah but it's supremely well appointed uh-huh. and I think what is an, a testament to our relationship is that we can cook together in it that's beautiful yeah right it's yeah, he, yeah he's my bacon chef uh-huh. um and he the, I think the greatest uh he's great at like making these little combination plates like um, nuts and fruit and pickles oh, yeah. and slices of cheese and it's I just I don't my brain doesn't conceptualize food that way but it's so delightful like yes I'm, the idea of making a charcuterie board for example like I would rather jump off a bridge like it's just not <laughs> exciting for me but he's great at it so it's it's uh it's really diversifies the the food in this uh house yeah yeah that's true like I definitely like I'll get to that point where I'm like, I, oh, I don't know what to make for dinner or I don't have anything to make dinner. And then I'm like, wait a minute. You have cheese, crackers, nuts, <laughs> dried fruit, like little chocolates. You could make exactly. yourself the fanciest cheese board. In yeah, the world. yeah, yeah. It would totally be dinner, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> it can be. But it's wild how our brains work, right? Right, exactly. Well, and I come from um, a relatively big family, like often six or seven of us in the house at one time. And like, so dinner was like an event, you know, like it was like, it had to be a giant roast or a giant pot of something to feed Mm -hmm. everybody, right? Right, exactly. So I'm constantly learning, relearning how to like cook for one. Yeah, yeah. But you- Something that's normal that isn't a giant pot full of stew. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, we, the other, the, we went to, we, there's a restaurant uh, in Kitchener mm. that was, it was a standalone uh, pizza place called Mother's Pizza. Mm. And it was, it had like, you know, it was booze with like, you know, those like ticket Tiffany lamps, like those. Oh. Yeah. And uh, just the, the pictures of pop with ice. And, and the, you know, the pizzas would always come out on those, like those stands. Uh-huh. And that was always like, uh, like the birth, I think that was my birthday restaurant forever. Um, it sh- and it eventually shut down and they tried to revive it and open it in a different spot. And it lasted like uh-huh. a day. Like it just wasn't the same. Yeah. Mm. Like there's, you know, in a world full of, there's so much more pizza places now, I think too. Yes. That, yes. Mm. Lots of competition. Yeah, it used to be like a chain or the mom and pop place. And now there's such yeah. a diversity and diversity of like right. um, quality of ingredients and so much going on. Luckily, well, there's a pizza place that uh, I just discovered here in Cambridge called Perfect Pizza and it lives up to the name. Oh, good. Um, but, and it's it's so great because it like what I've surmised from going in there is that this you know somebody bought this place for their young twin daughters because it's it's always I, I thought they were the same person until I saw that you know I went there and all of a sudden there's two of them yeah um, but it's just that 
you know, bought everything at the, at a restaurant auction, put it together and their pizza is absolutely delicious. Like the, the cheese on it is the greatest melting. I don't know if they made a deal with the devil to have the greatest cheese, but um, the first time I brought it home, usually um, Andy will have like two slices of pizza. And I think he ate about half a large, like it was just, yeah. When it's good, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, if we aren't eating blank, then it isn't blank. If we aren't eating um, stuffing, then it's not Thanksgiving. All right. And do you have a stuffing preference? My mom, uh, she always, like, I don't stuff, she doesn't stuff the bird. Um, It's always a separate standalone. And I had, it's like, because Thanksgiving is always my birthday, I get a little bit of, um, you know, pull with with my mom for the menu. Um, So she's got to make, like, the biggest pan of stuffing possible because I want to be eating that for a good solid week and a half. Oh yeah. That's important. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And is that bread based cornbread based? What's... Yeah. No, it's just, it's like, yeah. Sourdough. Um, okay. you know, the normal, it's just that the, if you looked up a stuffing, like stuffing recipe on the internet, that's exactly what would pop up. It was just, yeah. Like the know. first one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, speaking of celebrations, it's a celebration. How did you know your family was going all out with food? What restaurants did you go to? What plates came out of the cupboard? How big was the spread? Uh, growing up, so my family's originally from Quebec. Uh-huh. And we sort of, throughout the 80s and 90s, all started moving into Ontario. So, oh. and it was that time where all the kids were young, um, you know, the, and the parents were, wanting to party so pretty much every weekend in the summertime um you know we were at a satellite location and there was always like a ton of appetizers and a barbecue going Mm. and yeah it's just big cooler full of drinks like just yeah (laughs) i miss that yeah like sit, sitting in the backyard was one of the few things we were allowed to do for a bit, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I have similar memories. Like I think when in doubt there was a barbecue or like when in doubt, it was like, even if we were picking up, like we were with our family and like extended family and we were picking up sub sandwiches, we somehow yes. often ended up sitting like in a circle in the backyard, you know? Backyard. Yeah, for sure. We had, oh yeah, sorry. I, I have to mention it was the, it wasn't a barbecue unless it was um Bob's burger my dad's name was Bob and so it started off as Bob's burgers but then it started it became into like Bob's bargain basement burgers or (laughs) so and I'm sure that that my mom probably made the entire thing but he just was the one who let it kiss the grill so they were right and flipped it over yeah (laughs) yeah 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 nomenclature is funny like that we used to my dad used to make wings all the time and because it was someone from our church's recipe, we called them Gary Haig's wings yeah. forever. And I bet the recipe didn't even stay the same, you know? Exactly. But it was just, yeah. But there's, yeah. I love, I love that stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. And it's those mini traditions that like add up to like shared knowledge, shared practice and things like exactly. that. Exactly. So lovely. Mm um what food for you is home what recipe do you hope is on the table when you visit family the uh my mom (laughs) makes this dessert I'm not even a dessert person but she makes this dessert that is a shortbread base and then it has like this big like pot of choux pastry and then it has an almond flavored frosting and crunchy walnuts I want that. Right? It's it's kind of like the best of everything. Yeah. Yeah, because you got the crunchy shortbread, the buttery pot of choux, this, you know, that sweet, but like not overpowering almond icing yeah. and the nuts. So it's it's almost too perfect that you can you could just eat the whole log. That's amazing. <laughs> can you describe yeah. pot of choux for me? I feel like I can't picture it. Oh, okay. So it's the pastry. Like it's, um, if you think of like a cream puff uh-huh. or an eclair. So yeah. 
just yeah like uh, I love I love making that stuff and it's a taste wow. that eggy taste in it is so delicious I that sounds incredible and there's so much <laughs> what's what's interesting about that recipe too is like it's like checking multiple boxes twice like yeah. shortbread and pastry and then yeah almond and you said walnut yeah. right walnut That's I think cool. I have to check I think uh it was from like a Betty Crocker cookbook yeah. that like she got when she got married or something um but it's just I like now I want I want to get it like pot of shoes it's fun to make because you um you, you're cooking the dough like you're essentially like savagely whisking ingredients into in a saucepan letting it cool down adding the yolks that way and um, it's been a while, so I'm, I'm probably missing a couple steps there, but yeah, that's good. It, it's that's that's what makes it so like that flaky golden brown crust, and it's also that's what makes it so like perfectly substantial for filling with stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. I'm also a huge sucker for um, like almond filling or anything within that family, like that flavor. I, I don't, I'm not even convinced it tastes like almonds, you know, at some point, but like that flavor is yeah. so good to me. Like, like an almond marzipan. And, yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's what I think why I love like uh, Snickers bars because yeah. it has that like marzipan -y sort of filling, but it also has you know, whatever, caramel yeah. peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I want to... <laughs> stop now i went to stop at a bakery on the way home which is not something i say often i'm, I'm right and then, you, but then you could get you get like a cream puff and shortbread cookie and like a you know almond something or other and just kind of eat it together like a sandwich that's <clears throat> i'm <interested>. <laughs> <laughs> all right now you get a very particular perspective on this next question okay. uh, as someone from canada Fill yeah. in the blank. What Americans <laughs> don't understand about blank is blank. Um, okay, there's a couple, I think. I'm what sure. Americans don't <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> a lot. What Americans don't understand about milk is that it should come in a bag. Yep, I've heard this. It's so much easier to keep in the fridge. Um, yeah. and it's it's so satisfying to pound it on the counter to make sure it goes into the container. Yeah. Um and I think hmm. I'm pause in this one for a minute because I had another answer. It's probably too many to choose from. Right. <laughs> no, I was I was particularly wanting to make it very light because I didn't oh, want to yeah, say kind of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So can we let me just insult your entire country? I mean, um, whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. mad at them right now, so. Right, exactly. Me too, obviously. I, 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 like I told you, I've, I've, been, I've been into American politics ever since I was about 17. Uh, yeah. I, I visited D.C. And yeah. uh, it was such an eye-opener, you know, and uh, but it just got my brain kind of addicted to it. Um, but what was the other thing while you're thinking, is there are there Canadian things like Canadian foods that America totally gets wrong? I'm sure we're ruining uh, poutine constantly. No, I wouldn't say I've never had an American poutine, so I can't oh, I can't sure. tell tell you. But um, we, you know, it's it's I think it's it's uh it's kind of forgettable here because it's we've just had it forever, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things where I think when we heard Americans talk about it, we were just like, oh, they don't have it, like, right? Because it seems like such a, you know, why wouldn't you do that? You know. <laughs> well, that goes back to the the point you made earlier about not realizing something's unique, right? There's so many things in Massachusetts that I didn't understand, like fish cakes or hush puppies or. Um, uh, linguisa sausage in Portuguese dishes that are popular in Massachusetts that do not transcend nationally. Exactly. And I yeah, didn't yeah, know which sure. of those things were which, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. But I remember the other one that was oh, Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is uh, Americans uh, don't know is that it should be called craft dinner, not craft oh. macaroni and cheese. <laughs> 
which really dorkily I only know from uh, South Park. No, from uh, if if I had a million dollars by Baronet. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I guess I. I didn't even because it, it's it's just how I'm used to hearing it. Um, with me at South Park because uh, that's when I learned that that's not what it was called in the states. Yeah, yeah. And because I, I and I was watching, but I'd see like Terrence and Philip, and they were. I was just like, why are they so obsessed with talking about craft dinner? Right, right. Yeah, yeah that stuff. Yeah, it's so funny. And who knows how that even happens? Because it, it couldn't have been like intentional marketing, right? It has to be like. It's yeah, it's inspiration or something. Yeah, like it, two different companies made it. Like it can't be like there's no way Americans would accept craft <laughs> dinner. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's the what is it the first Harry Potter book that they changed? Oh yeah, the Philosopher's Stone. What what is it called it's there? Sorcerer in, in America. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the Philosopher's Stone here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I bet you you probably get the more normal stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> It's wild. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of learning new things, what's a food or cuisine that you found in your adult life that changed how you thought about food? Uh, I would pretty pretty much all of them because uh, as growing up in such in the region has changed so much. Mm-hmm. So when I was born, it was um, like German town essentially. Uh-huh. Um, Forty years later, it is like Silicon Valley North. So it was all just, yeah. So it was pretty much, it was all manufacturing. Um, And, you know, so the year 2000, there was like, there was just like the basic, like Chinese food restaurant. Right. Yeah. And And now now it's crazy. Like, because we also have the University of Waterloo, which is a like world-renowned university for engineering. Okay. so the population goes up 40,000 uh, every year f- just for that. So luckily, because all, there's so much international students, um, these restaurants have opened like crazy. Um, yeah. So you can you know, try it. But I think what I've personally, which, um, I've been super lucky working in healthcare that um, I also work for, uh, work for the region oh, in wow. a home. So it's, uh, I've had the most, uh, diverse amount of uh, cultures like that I've got I've been able to work with yeah. so it's 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 like such an like a resource for me um, but also in healthcare you always have potlucks yes so imagine the potlucks when you have like North African Filipino um, you know yeah. Egyptian Iranian like south american caribbean like we have the globe covered in these potlucks yeah. and so it's it's a great uh, way to just sort of um taste food from everywhere and get you know you have the person who made it standing there and <laughs> they can tell you the history of the ingredients the you know the techniques and everything and you just get to go home and try it and it's it's amazing so beautiful um, mm-hmm. that's lovely uh what's is there anything that like stands out as something you tried at work that you just like became a new favorite or just blew you away one was uh was uh samosas from africa oh and uh it was all it was like um filled with like lentils oh uh uh-huh and do you know different spices and i just i'd never had a samosa that way in my life um but yeah or that, that, that's the one that's just that's hitting me because yeah, yeah, yeah. because <laughs> it was the most like what you know? <laughs> like, I didn't know this existed yeah exactly yeah yeah <laughs> um what's your biggest recipe fail you know what it, I'm because I've been doing it so long I I'm not I don't do a lot of fails but what came yeah. to mind when you asked this was uh after I I drove 18 hours to Bay of Fundy in New Brunswick uh-huh. and set up camp and it was dark so I made uh craft dinner funnily enough on like a Coleman stove uh-huh. and I had Moz fly in it <laughs> but, so but it's it's dark out yeah. at this point like you just gotta eat your food with a flashlight and you know 
just say, well, at least I got some extra protein. Yeah. Yeah. And we, this is this, the following thing is disturbing, but like we eat more weird stuff than we realize, right? Yes, like exactly. I mean, even but, the number of tuna fish sandwiches that I know had beach sand in them when I was little. Right. Like, or is it tuna, you know? Well, yeah. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's bad. Moths in craft dinner is bad. <laughs> right. Well, because it's one of those things where it's like, you know, as long as you don't see the kitchen, you just could pretend everything was made perfectly. You know, like, yes. so yeah, my moths could have flown in my craft dinner if I, that I ordered at a restaurant at Absolutely. some point. But it was, yeah, they, you know, because once they hit that boiling water, like they were about to fly out. So. <laughs> yep. Yep. And anyone who's worked in a kitchen knows a lot goes on back there that is not shared with the guests, you know? Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, That's why you always have to be nice to the people who bring you food in restaurants. Hello. Yeah, yeah. That's real. I remember, yeah, growing up, my, my big sister said, my favorite thing about our father was that he taught us to be nice to people in restaurants. It's very important. Yes, exactly. Um, flip side of a failure, what's a recipe hack that you found that you'll always stick with? This, okay, uh, in your, if you, when you make a brothy soup, uh -huh. put craft singles in it. Does it like melt perfectly? It disintegrates. Yeah. But it just gives you this, like that little bit of like the same feeling you get from eating like a salty piece of cheese but yeah. it doesn't mess up your broth. Like, you know, oh. it, it doesn't make it creamy, nothing. It just makes it like the taste a little bit richer. Um, really and good. the other, my other sort of like hack is um, like always start scrambled eggs in the cold pan. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you just crack the eggs right in, put in um, the butter. And then that way, as it heats up, you're emulsifying it as opposed to frying it. So you, you, you end up getting like super creamy, tasty eggs. That sounds fantastic. It is. Yeah. And then if you're like once I, once the butter's melted and everything's incorporated before it gets to that point where it's sticking to the bottom, yeah. then I take it off and I'll put like some ricotta in it or, um, and then stir it off the heat until it's completely dissolved Then put it back on and then let it curdle like that. And huh. it's honestly like you'll never, if, as long as you like creamy, delicious scrambled eggs, and yeah. <laughs> you'll probably never make it a different way. <laughs> Man, and I love ricotta. I've had like a ricotta renaissance this last yes. year. It's yeah, yeah. fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's I've I've done a lot of ricotta. Like uh, my stepchildren have um, realized that essentially when they come here. And they tell me to make something like very nicely. Like I'm in the yeah. mood for this. They know that <laughs> it's their polite way of saying you're making this this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, the ricotta was uh, in one of the one of the requested meals was lasagna, and um, so that and it just yeah that revival of oh my god it's like it's great it's so diverse you can have it for with fruit you can have it in yeah. anything essentially. I got into eating um, spaghetti squash with mm -hmm. ricotta. It's that sounds delicious. Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, do you and like I cottage? Feel healthy, you know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. Do you do you like cottage cheese? I do. Yeah, that's. I love. I just have my own jar, and I just yeah. <laughs> I just realized the other day I was eating out of a cottage cheese container. Um, holding the door open yeah and my husband was taking out the garbage but it honestly just looked like I was standing on my stoop just wanting everyone to see me yes, yes. <laughs> that's right I feel that way sometimes because I teach from home mostly and I teach in my window and the number yeah. of things people must see me doing through the window <laughs> that's like actually for my students yeah, I, exactly. I want to know what they think about me you know <laughs> I just oh I was just listening to um, Ethan, uh, sorry, not Ethan, Ewan McGregor was on, uh, Seth Meyers uh -huh. and he was talking about with the pandemic shutdown, he's been, he is a, uh, a narrator for Scottish docuseries. And so oh, uh -huh. he was supposed, he was supposed to narrate about, about animals born during winter storms in Scotland. 
and he uh -huh. did it as of course as he calls it a caravan um, yeah. he couldn't use the air conditioning because it would mess up the <laughs> the, the audio so uh -huh. he, he narrated the whole thing in his underwear in this old camper and <laughs> you just imagine if anyone was to just like walk up and see this like scottish guy just and the winds were pounding and then realize it's obi-wan kenobi <laughs> exactly yes. That's really funny. Yeah, that uh, it's a very different, it has been a very different world for about a year and a half, right? We can mm -hmm. do a lot of things in a lot of settings that we never would have done before. Right, yeah. But then there's that adaptability. Like I heard somebody got yeah. stuck in an elevator and they had a class to teach and they're like, oh, guess we're going to go remote today. Whereas that would never yes. be your first instinct when you got stuck in an elevator two years ago. Oh, which I mean, I would like to say to that elevator person, it's okay if you get stuck in an elevator to uh, maybe take yes. the day off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at the same time, you probably had nothing else to do in there. So it's like- Right, right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah, I think we're, we're, I'm curious to see what, in a good way, like what tools we take with us out of this time. Yes, and what we'll forget. Yes. Because yeah. we have a great, um, history of forgetting. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, what's a recipe that you highly recommend and what makes it special? I'm going to give you the same answer is that uh, that that Padishu shortbread concoction. Oh, that went, and I mean, it's one of those things where uh, you don't really need a exact, as long as you have a recipe for Padishu, a recipe for shortbread, and your favorite almond icing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that sounds, I, I still want it. I still want that treat. Yeah. Thank it's, you very it's, much. <laughs> it's very bakery-esque. Like it's, it's yeah. just so what you would go to get at a bakery. I love when, do you ever watch the British Bake Off? Of course. Just the last, the, the last few seasons. I didn't really like the first hosts. Oh, sure. Yeah. One of their highest compliments is like when they say, I could picture this in a French patisserie window. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm always like, now I'm invested enough to be like, oh yes, excellent. Yay, yay. Exactly. You know, like, 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 right, yes. Oh no, yeah. We have, see, there's the great Can Canadian baking show. Oh, yeah. And um, Dan Levy, like from Schitt's Creek, he, he yeah. hosted a season. Yeah. And uh, I I enjoy it, but it's still like that, that Paul and Prue from the, the great, the, the British baking show they just their dynamic is fantastic oh, it's so good yeah 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 I love them all I, love uh, them. I don't even like to, television yeah I don't even like to bake but I love that show like uh, um yes the only shows I watch on television are, are food-based competition shows I don't nothing else like mm -hmm. you know or like documentaries or movies or whatever but no urge to like watch the bachelor or something like that Either, just give yeah. me yeah just give me baking and cooking i like skill-based competitions i like i like trashy shows when they're about people doing their jobs like um yeah a below deck that one where they like work yes. on a yacht or whatever and then i like murder mysteries <laughs> oh yeah yeah calibers and quality <laughs> like do you do you watch like uh like the like murder she wrote in colombo I grew up on them. Yeah. My grandmother yeah. was a huge fan. And so I've actually, I've probably seen every episode of Murder, She Wrote twice. Yeah. Um, at least. And Columbo was huge. Quincy, uh, Quincy Medical Examiner. Yes. Yeah. Heart to Heart. Uh, Macmillan and Wife, Rockford Files, <laughs> all of them. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. I remember it was Anything like. Anything like that, I want to watch it. The only way I could stay up late as a child was if I was, you know, watching murder she wrote yeah <laughs> I have a uh, or saturday night live for some reason my mom used to let me watch it like by the time i was like five i was staying up late watching snl i have a like a childhood trauma with a lowercase t not capital t trauma. <laughs> yeah. uh i would often watch murder she wrote and i would often fall asleep during it and i'd wake oh, yeah. up and I would have missed the resolution. And oh, it would no. make me so upset. Well, especially then. It's not like you could just hit rewind. No. You know? You it just is, you, you have missed. You've missed history. Like, you know, you, you've yes. lost out. You fell asleep during the Bottom of the Ninth World Series. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What a tragedy. 
I was the small okay. T trauma just reminded me of um, uh, unsolved mysteries. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, and just being like it was in its heyday when I was like nine years old and just leaving yes. the house like I couldn't hear the theme music. Yes, it's I was simultaneously terrified of that show and it was a car crash i couldn't listen like i came back in and watched it with like through yeah. closed hands but the, the theme song was too much like 100 <laughs> percent. and they did you watch any they made a new one this year yeah it was just not this it was really boring i just it wasn't the same i enjoyed it but the the silhouette of that host from that they included yes still scared yes. me <laughs> You it's still wild. had the Robert Stack in there, yeah. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. Um, speaking of personalities, uh, what chef or food practitioner do you recommend looking into? Okay, um, Francis Mallman, hands down, is uh, like my favorite human being, I think. Like he's just, uh, I got to know him just from watching Chef's Table and uh-huh. just that first sequence that he's in Patagonia, on like his own personal lake with a cabin and he's got a grill attached to his boat somehow and a bottle of wine and like a loaf of french bread and he's fishing and then he cooks it and like eats it all (laughs) and then like spends you know the evening like just smoking a pipe with a novel but what my I think one of my favorite things about that episode was when he realized he was going to travel to Europe because he met these European students and they and they introduced him to the monkeys Uh like and I was like like that that's what made you want to go to Europe was like hey hey we're the monkeys (laughs) so you're, you're going through this journey that with him of like this this death this decadent like romance and yeah. then he's like it's the monkeys that made me go to France which is wild but reason being is he's uh, I'm he got me super into um the idea of like live fire cooking yeah. and um just took me down the biggest rabbit hole of 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 one of learning so much more about um barbecue and smoking and everything else um Same. and another I definitely would uh Michael P. Clive actually he's a he's a good friend of mine he actually performed our wedding um he's a he's a grill master in Canada and he's he's awesome he's also extremely entertaining to watch make recipes so uh, (laughs) I would definitely put him on that list that's great that's wonderful um believe it or not I don't know how it happened Whitney we came to we're at our last question I can't yeah I can't believe that either (laughs) it really flew by should we talk about Murder, She Wrote for 30 more minutes? Just to, you know. Uh, I'm in. Question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, last question is, what are you working on right now, food related or not, that you want to share with listeners? Uh, well, I'm thinking actually this this whole forest vacation has really made me want to go back to culinary school. Mm. Uh, but go not back to it. I haven't started it. But uh, okay. that's what I want to. Uh, I have uh, a really good school that's close by. And one of the best restaurants in Canada is close by. So why not? I've learned some, uh, you know, French and Italian cooking techniques and see if I can, you know, a lot of it I think is turning 40. Uh, Like when I turned 30, I was thinking about how I really wanted to start a family. Mm -hmm. Um, Turning 40 has sort of made me think of what do I want to do for the next 40 years. Right. Right. Mm, yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that idea. Thank you. What a dream. You better make some of that uh, almond tart though. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, see, Chicago's not that far. It's only about 600 Whoa. kilometers. Yeah. So, but you know, I don't know what kilometers oh, yeah. mean, but uh, I, I believe um, you. I think it's, yeah, it's about 400 miles. That sounds so, like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're so, so stupid can... here. I'm sorry, Whitney. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I was, but uh, is it, it's, it's really hot there right now, isn't it? It's too. very warm in Chicago right now and it's very it's... humid. Which I was, yeah, worse. same, same here. I, um, it's, I, I looked this up for it. It's, it's, it's 97 with the humidex right now. Oh, 
Yeah. So I've been just watering flowers um, very carefully not to like burn their leaves, but to, to yeah. get them enough water for days now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I do enjoy warm weather. I find this to be the hardest, the transition back to it. Um, like come August, I'll be like, yeah, whatever. Take two showers a day. No big deal. But like <laughs> right, exactly. transition is always really difficult for me, like to remember yeah, what it feels like to be like, like acclimating to it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. Acclimating to feeling soggy to like um, just everything is, is tricky, but I'm not complaining. Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be alive. Right, exactly. Yeah. House, you know, so <laughs> can't complain too much. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for doing this. This was so fun. Thanks so much for having me. I had such a great time. What a blessing. Thank you for joining me on Mirpois Podcast. And thank you to our house band, Siblings, for the use of their song, Jars. I invite you to subscribe to financially support Mirpois directly on Anchor and to follow me on Instagram where you can receive behind-the-scenes content about this podcast and my own food practice. Till we feast again. <laughs>